going to accept it or reject it. We know the Bible teaches us and tells us that some will take, will not take of the faith. And, uh, and we learn of the, this when we start to read of the parable of the sower. We, uh, he sowed the seed, which was a representation of the word of God. And they fell on four different kinds of ground. And we know the word ground refers to us. The only one of them, and only one of them was ready for it. So the title of this message is Unmoved by God's Word. And then this is, and, and again, the Ram, Dave, I'm sorry, not Dave Ramsey. Uh, William Ramsey obviously was moved by the Word, but not only was he moved by it, he was compelled to, in a sense, to disprove it. He was, he was moved in, in the wrong way, but then through that wrong way, he was converted to Christianity. We know that God will take something that is evil and he will use it for good. His intentions were evil, but in that sense, it helped him to find Christ in his life. So I'm gonna want to, I want to talk a little bit about the apostles' doctrine. I wanted just to mention a bit about it before we dive into it. I'm, uh, I'm not in any such for, in a way or form trying to degrade the teachings of the apostolic doctrine. Apostles did, in fact, teach the doctrine that Jesus taught them. I believe that the apostles were teaching uh, certain principles that were unfamiliar to Jewish traditions. And so it, it, the Jews don't really accept this. I also believe that the apostles were doing the things that God wanted them to do and say as well as write down uh, to make note of it. But I think we've heard it more than once where the Bible documents and testifies where Paul says this was, that this was for an example for us. Or, or for who? It would be for us. That we may learn from it. So I decided I took a little bit of a, a detour just for a little bit. And the word in sample is an example, a pattern, or a model imitation referring to the way something looks or as being. And, of course, the example is also another type as a verb shows the example on how we do things. The word is seldom used either as a noun or a verb. You might be wondering which one pertains to us. The truth is they both do. We are not only to look like it, but we are to act like it. We are to be like children of God and act like children of God. We are in samples to those that are around us. In 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 3, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. The second one, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6 to 7. And ye become, became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. So again, they had the Holy Ghost, and they were living according to the word, and, and uh, Paul was encouraging them. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10 through 11, Neither murmur ye as some of them that murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Here he's referring to the children of Israel. They were out in the wilderness, and they started to complain, and the destroyer, of course, we know, took them down, and they are who they are now, or not no more, I should say. Now all these things happen unto them for, again, he says, in samples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. And again, I, admonition was something that caught my, it says, gentle proof, counseling against a fault, instruction in duties, uh, caution, direction, in Titus chapter 3, and in 1 Colossians, Corinthians chapter 10, it talks about it, and I just mentioned one. It talks about in church discipline, public or private, reproof or reclaim an offender, a step 
prim primarily for excommunication. So the apostles' doctrine is a pattern that is given to them, that was taught to, by them by the Lord Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20, And for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that there I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul was calling himself an ambassador of Christ, an ambassador who carries the words of the king and then passes it on to others. And he was not ashamed of the gospel as we know it. So the doctrine is necessary, the apostles per se, not the apostles per se, I'm sorry. And then interestingly enough, we find that Jesus in John chapter 7, verse 16 through 17, and I bring this up because I kept saying Jesus is, you know, it, it is a doctrine of God, and, it's, and Jesus is proclaiming it. But Jesus says, answered to them and said, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Jesus himself, being in the flesh, made himself of no reputation. He went as far as to declare that the word was from the one who sent him. But we know that who sent him was not of flesh, but of spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. Not that it separates Jesus from God, because Jesus is God. Jesus was declaring that the word that he was speaking was not of flesh, but was of spirit and was therefore from the beginning. It was the laws, the commandments, the statutes, and the ordinance, and so forth. The word came by the Spirit of God. Moses went up to the mountain to speak to God. And when he came back, he had two tablets. He had commandments. It was by the Spirit of God that all this took place. So if everybody would say, by the Spirit of God... Why don't we declare today it was by the Spirit of God? It was by the Spirit of God that I was delivered from bondage. It was by the Spirit of God that I was able to have a meal today. It was by the Spirit of God that I heard the word. It was by the Spirit of God that I was drawn to his house. It was by the Spirit of God that I was baptized in Jesus' name. It was by the Spirit of God that I was filled with the Holy Ghost. It was by the Spirit of God that I fought temptation and I overcame it. It was by the Spirit of God, and it will be by the Spirit of God that will get us to the end when Jesus comes back for us. Praise the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And the word translated inspiration of God, theos neustos, neustos, I, those, literally means God breathed. This is a key text establishing the authority of scripture. For this reason, it is included in the preamble of the Articles of Faith of United Pentecostal Church International. We believe the Bible to be inspired of God, the infallible word of God. The Bible is the only God-given authority to human in, for us to possess. Therefore, our doctrine, our doctrine, faith, hope, and instruction from the church must be based upon and harmonized with the Bible. The Bible is to be read and studied by all people everywhere and can only be clearly understood by those who are anointed by the Holy Spirit. And this is not to offense to anybody who, is, who uh, may, might be watching or is here today that, well, I, I don't feel this way or I don't believe that. Here's what the scripture says. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing 
teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And this is Jesus Christ. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 through 21. No prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but, by, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So doctrine means teachings of the principles of a way. So the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ is the only one that shows us the way. Amen? Amen. We'll declare that. A little louder next time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, we are blessed to have God's word. We can read it whenever we want to. But let's not take it for granted. Because just as others have, uh, have, have taken uh, time uh, of God for granted, so can we at times do the same thing. And sometimes perhaps we need uh, God to give us a little bit of a nudge and give us a wake-up call. Perhaps that we, uh, the way he did it with uh, Jeremiah he spoke to him. He utterly heard him. And in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 through 8, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the, unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. And the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go uh, to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. In that same sense, Jeremiah was being led by the Spirit of God. We are being led by the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost that is within us. In that same sense, we can also walk, just as Paul said, boldly, and also Jeremiah, boldly to speak the word of God. Jeremiah was obviously pretty young as well, and probably not someone who many people would consider to be a wise individual. And, and the reason I say that is because of what he said. And perhaps he wasn't, and, and the fact of the, was, the matter was in this case that he now had God on his side. Wisdom no longer counted for anything because anything that God said to him, he spoke it. He was guiding him. There's no greater instruction to heed to when it than when it comes from God. As I was reading uh, the book of Jeremiah, a certain scripture caught my attention. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse uh, 36, because I like to go through all. I, I want to I know what happened, what, what's going on. And not that I didn't read it before, but I read it some time ago. And you've got to refresh sometimes. It says, in 36, it says, why gettest thou about so much to change thy way? God was speaking to the nation of Israel, which included Judah as well. Now, in this year, God was asking the question, why are you taking so long to change your ways? You are, uh, why are you dragging it out, in a sense, to question them? And then in Jeremiah, we'll jump right to the scripture, 36. In chapter 36, God told Jeremiah to write the words of the scroll. And it came to pass in the fourth year of Jeho Jehoiakim, uh, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that the word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take thee a roll of a book. And write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel and against Judah and against all the nations from the day I spake unto thee, from the days of Josiah even unto this day. So God was taking notice and he was, uh, he was making a mark. And he was, he was telling him, I have taken notice of what's going on here. Don't think that it's passed me by. The very words of the prophet Jeremiah were given to him by God. They would be documented for the moment's purpose and of that time. 
but it would also be a benefit for a later time and era. But for that time, for what it was written, it will be a warning to the king of Judah and Israel. A type of window of repentance is what God gave them at that particular time. It was on paper, or I should say leather, uh, because it was a scroll. I believe it was a leather scrolls. And, uh, that he may, and, of course, he, he did that so they may see it and they may be able to read it. The very voice that reaches the king's ears not long after it is written is of God. God wants them to repent of their ways because they have served other gods and they have forgotten the ways of the Lord. Jehoiakim was the second son of Josiah. King Josiah, we know, uh, led Judah to repentance upon the discovery of the book of the law. Uh, he was, uh, again, in Second Kings chapter 2, verse 8, uh, and then under Josiah's leadership, the people had committed, it says, unanimously to keep the Lord's commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all their heart and all their soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And this is Second Kings chapter uh, 23, verse 3. You may not have that. That's okay, sis. I didn't give her that. Josiah's spiritual guidance was so remarkable that Scripture re records, and like unto him was there no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might according to all the law of Moses. Neither after him arose there any like him. And again, 2 Kings chapter thir uh, 23, verse 25, just in case. But upon Josiah's death, the people of Judah made a... Uh, Josiah's son, uh, Jehoahaz, king of his, uh, in his place. This was a big mistake. We know that because Jehoahaz, he, did, he didn't follow in the footsteps of his father, uh, and nor did uh, his brother that came after that, who was placed uh, into that place by the Egyptian king. Uh, so we have Jehoiakim, who comes into play, and the Bible says that they both did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Neither one of the sons would do what was pleasing in the eyes of God. Jeremiah calls for the scribe to write the words that God gives him. This is after all this has happened. Uh, Jehoiakim is, in, is, uh, is king of Judah. And the Lord speaks to Jeremiah in chapter 36, verse 3 through 4. It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil that I propose to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. Then Jeremiah called Baruch, or Baruch, the son of Neriah, <clears throat> and Baruch wrote from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord, which he had spoken unto him upon the roll of a book. Jeremiah commanded Baruch to, to read the scroll to the people on the day of a fast. Now, the day of the fast was something that had not yet been pro proclaimed or been said, but Jeremiah, I believe that he was hearing the voice of God, and he obviously knew that it was coming. So it was almost, when this happens, go forth and do this. So in Jeremiah chapter 36, 6, uh, it says, Therefore go thou and read in the roll which thou hast written from my mouth the words of the Lord in the ears of the people in the Lord's house upon the fasting day, and also thou shalt read them in the ears of all Judah that came out of the cities. So everybody is hearing this that is there. People are, we know for a fact, uh, come for these. Uh, it's like when we have events, people will come because there's something taking place. Jeremiah chapter 36, verse 8 through 10. In Baruch, the son of, son of Neriah, did according to all that Jeremiah the prophet commanded him, reading in the book the words of the Lord 
in the, in the Lord's house. And in verse 9, it came to pass in the fifth year that the son of Josiah, king of Judah, in the ninth month, that proclaimed, he proclaimed the fast before the Lord to all the people and of Jerusalem. And, of course, they all came. So the king has proclaimed a fast, and now we have uh, Jeremiah who has sent Baruch to go and uh, pretty much say what God wants him to say. And uh, in doing so, uh, you know, there's, uh, there, he shows up to a place where it's almost, and I, can, I was imagining this, that they were, pro- it looked like they were having a prayer meeting. To me, that's the way it looked. It. And, uh, and they, he was doing this fast. But then at the same time, there was something wrong happening because why would the word of the Lord come to a place where something, nothing bad is happening? It, it still could come and give a blessing. Uh, but in this case, it wasn't. And we read in Jeremiah chapter 36, verse 10, uh, that Baruch read the words of Jeremiah in the house of the Lord in the chamber of Jeremiah, the son of Shaphan, the scribe in the higher court, uh, at the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house in the ears of all the people. But then in verse 14 of the same chapter, the prince who heard Baruch, they asked him to come back and to read the scroll to them. They assured him that the king would hear these words. So in other words, they were caught off guard. It was something that was unexpected. Why was this said? They didn't know. Jeremiah chapter 36, 16. Now it came to pass when they had heard all these words, they were afraid both one and the other. And this is only the princes that gathered together to, hey, I want to hear those words. Will you come back? Will you come back with that scroll and you tell to us one more time? And he did exactly that. We will surely tell the king of all these words. In verse 17, and they asked Baruch, saying, tell us now, how didst thou write all these words at his mouth? So they're curious. And he said, he pronounced them, and I wrote them. And it was pretty much simple like that. If you read the scriptures, it just, it says that he pretty much just worded them out and he wrote them down. And that was enough for them. They didn't need any kind of proof because we read the scriptures, they were afraid. They had the fear of the Lord upon them and they knew Jeremiah was a prophet. There was nothing to defy or nothing to uh, hide when you're someone who God knows and you know it's someone who God knows. In this case, he was a spokesman a spokesman of the truth, the words that came out of his mouth were as if they were coming out of God himself. And they were ready to obey the very words. I can always think of and remember the times when I walked through similar situations when I was, I was new in the Lord. There were things that I would, uh, I would see. There were things that I read. There were things that, but I was unaware of what they were until I really got into it. Once I started to read the word a little bit more, convictions came to my heart, and I eventually began to leave these things. And this is the way it happens to everybody. The, the cleansing happens slowly for all of us. Some of us might have come a little bit faster, but in due time when you find yourself moving from one place to the other, you're going to find that some things have remained, and you're just going to have to get rid of them. I can always think of, and again at this moment, and remember, Second Timothy chapter. Uh, 4 verse 2 through 4 and says preach the word be instant in season out of season reprove rebuke exhort with all long suffering and doctrine and I realized that this was mentioned in two chapters chapter 3 and chapter 4 we are to teach the truth to allow conviction to rise within our hearts not condemn but bring conviction exhort is to encourage one another 
come on, you can overcome this. You, you know, you, you, if somebody's going through a hard trial, hey, you know what, I'm going to pray for you. Don't worry. Let's get together. Let's come together. And, and you come together. Oh, you know what, let's do something. Let's do a little bit more than that. Or whatever it may be. I had a brother that when I had problems, he would come to me and says, why didn't you tell me about it? I would have fasted about it. And I would say, well, I'm sorry. But now I do. So every time I have a problem that it's pretty heavy, I'll mention it to him. I'm like, hey, something's going on. He says, I'm fasting. Amen. So we need people like that. We need people like that. Fear not. God is with us. Verse 3. Uh, uh, let's see. Lost. I'm going to pray for you. Uh, and, again, God's going to give us victory. That's another one. God's going to give us the victory. Don't you worry about it. God is going, if, if, God's in our, if God is with us, then who can be against us? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. What is pretty much said to you, uh, that's not what it means. In other words, someone will come back and say that's not what it means. But what they understand is what they think it. And when they think is what it means, they feel better about it. So the, uh, the sound doctrine generally, uh, the, what they're thinking of it as unsound because they're not, see, excuse me, they're not seeing it through the Holy Ghost. Uh, and at times when we teach a certain word, it at times sounds a little harsh, but it's God's word. We can't change God's word. And the Bible says, and they shall turn away uh, from their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Fables are pretty much fairy tales that are not true. Fables are false stories. Hollywood is full of them, things that are made up. Uh, very much like cartoons, and not all cartoons, anything that is not realistic, let me put it that way. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our God has given us his word, and he expects us to heed and obey his word. More importantly, if we plan on making it to heaven, if we want to make it to heaven, it's good to hear, heed to the voice of God. When we open the scriptures, we soon discover they call not only to read, but also to obey. This is seen in the first section of the Old Testament, referred to as the law. And in the last book of the New Testament, Revelation. It is also, of course, emphasized throughout the entire Bible. Notice, for instance, the connection between loving God and keeping his commandments. This is Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. And then I'm going to I'm gonna jump to 11 because the verse between that is harsh. I'm going to skip that one for you just for today, okay? <laughs> I'll let you go back and read that one, okay? It says, now therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Thou shalt love, therefore, keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. So again, this is Deuteronomy. Now some of the first words in the book of Revelation declare the necessity not only of reading and hearing but also about obeying the written scriptures. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of the prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand, at hand. Revelation chapter 1, uh, verse 3. As if it reemphasizes the importance of obedience, a tread of reminders continues to the end of the book. Continually saying, he to the words, he to the words. Stay true to it. So the scroll was brought back to kings. I'm bringing you to the scroll again. He, uh, it was brought back to Baruch, the scribe, Jeremiah, 
they, they actually told them to hide once they shared this story because it wasn't going to go so well for them, and they knew it. Jehudi read the scroll to Jehokim. The three pages later, he cut it with a blade, and then he threw it in the trash. I'm sorry, he threw it in the fire, not the trash, fire. He burned it. He cut it, and he burned it. The king burned the scroll like as if it was nothing. Oh, he pro and he probably just thought in his mind, well, you know, Jeremiah wrote it. It's nothing really important. Don't worry about it. It's nothing important. At least so we, he thought it was. The king and the servants were unmoved by God's word. In Jeremiah 36, verse 23, 25. And it came to pass when Jehudi, Jehudai, uh, had, had read three or four leaves, he cut it with a penknife and cast it into the fire that was on the, the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the earth. Yet they were not afraid nor rent their garments, neither the king nor any of his servants that heard all these words. No fear in the king. But then in, in verse 25, Nevertheless, Elnathan and Deliah and Jemariah had made intercession to the king that he would not burn the roll, but he would not hear them. I'm, I, and again, you, you, got, you have to picture it. Please don't burn that roll. Please, pretty please. They're, they're kind of, you know, the Bible says they're interceding. They're, they're not closing their eyes. They're not on their knees. They're not. They're, they're looking, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. It's God's word. It's Jeremiah. Let, let's, let's heed to that. Let's heed to that. But he, the Bible says he didn't. He burned it. No emotion. Just cast it into fire. It was very similar to when someone says to us, uh, no, don't, no, don't do that. Uh, it goes against God's word. But we still do it. We still do it. We cut into the, the spiritual penknife. We use a spiritual penknife and throw it in the fire. Uh, it'll, it'll be okay. I've got mercy coming tomorrow. Grace is upon me because I'm baptized in Jesus' name. And it's almost a type of taking it for granted. And let's not take it for granted with the Lord. Not exactly the scriptures clear. I'm sorry. Now exactly. The scriptures clearly tell us to know to do right. And and. I'm sorry. The scriptures clearly tell us to know, to not, to not do right, to know to do right and not do it is sin. And so it's important for us that, that when we focus on what we're doing, is this going to glorify God? Does it go against God's word? And if it does go against God, it's probably better not to do it at all. And if we're not sure, probably not to do it at all as well. It's better to be safe than sorry, as the saying says. Faith without works is dead. We work in faith. We must never be overcome, uh, or never become unmoved by God's word. Burak writes again and tells them in Jeremiah 36, 31, and I will punish him and his seed and his servants for their iniquity, and I will bring upon them and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and upon the men of Judah all the evil that I have pronounced against them, but they hearken not. And we know that he, he wrote it, I believe, three times. The first time he cast in the fire. The second time, obviously, he probably did it again. But it says in the final, he, uh, Jeremiah ends up writing it again. Uh, the, the words that God was, meant were nothing to the king. In Jeremiah 36, 32, he took, Jeremiah's another, he, took, he took Jeremiah another role and gave it to Barak. Then, I'm sorry, Jeremiah gave it to him, the scribe, the son of uh, Neriah, who wrote therein from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the book which Jehovah, uh, Jehokaniah, king of Judah, had burned in the fire, and there were added besides, the, besides unto them many like words. They were at the point uh, 
there were at one point some scriptures that I, I believe that, and I think all of us have done this before, that we stay away from them because uh, just for, uh, again, because we don't understand them. When I came to the Lord, I mentioned earlier, I simply just did not know what it meant. Others at times, uh, I do remember I fought miserably because I was willing to prove that my point was right. But I failed, and I failed really bad, and I lost. I learned more by giving God uh, and not resisting Him, giving in to Him. There will be times when you feel this uh, in your walk with God, and it's okay, but just it usually happens when you're in a tight spot. When you're in that tight spot, don't, don't let that allow you to persuade you in the wrong direction. Instead, fight it and say, you know, I, I don't want to walk in those ways anymore. I don't want to do the things that I used to do. Look for the things that are of God that glorify Him. I'm already, uh, you know, witnessing things of, uh, of times when uh, people will, are, are now will not tolerate sound doctrine. It's, it's, a, um, it's an eye-awakener for us. We were just talking about some things today about how the time seems to be shorter, how the, uh, there's obviously there's, I was talking about waters melting, there's, the earth is no longer in the same place. Sound doctrine is no longer wanting to be accepted. They want to hear something that gives them pleasure. This I like. I can do this. But the word of the Lord will not change for anybody. This is why the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When he comes back, he's coming back for, again, a church without spot and blemish. So if we want to do that, then we want to heed to the word of God. Let's not listen to the ways or pay attention to the way this, uh, this king decided not to follow the ways of the Lord and decided to take the scriptures and ignore them and pretend that they didn't exist. Let's take not the Lord's word for granted. Let's obey it and say, God, this is your voice, and I want to hear it today. I want to be moved by your spirit. I want to be, Lord, I want to grow in spirit. I want to know more of you, Lord. And I know that the more I learn of you, Lord Jesus, that you're going to bless not only me, but those that are around me. Because then in, in tact, it, it happens. It's a, it's a transfer. The spirit of the Lord is contagious in a good way, and we need that. In Mark chapter 7, verse 6 through 9, he answered and said unto them, Well, with his eyes prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching of the doctrines of the commandments of men, for laying aside the commandment of God. Ye hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups, and many other such like things ye do. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own traditions. I tell you today, I think that we all at one point in our lives have had our own traditions. And I think when we recognize them, we do feel slightly broken. But you know, the good thing about recognizing what's wrong is that, that God can fix that. It's, that's the conviction that comes to our hearts. That's the Holy Ghost that brings us unto His righteousness. He will deliver us. He will bring us forth. We don't have to cling on to the things of the world. We don't have to, you know, heed or take sides. What we do need to do is cling on to Jesus Christ. It is by His Spirit. It is by the Holy Ghost that we're able to do everything that we do. It is by His power. If we remain as faithful vessels unto Him, that He is going to bless us until He comes and even until our death, if that comes first. In closing, 
in the book of Acts, then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him and said, this is Paul, what will this blabber say? This blabber, oh my goodness, what is he going to say? Other some, he seemed to be a setter forth of strange gods because the Bible says he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him unto Aragopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine thereof thou speaketh of. They wanted to know the word. They were first making fun of him, say, what, what is this thing? But then all of a sudden they want to know about him. Take heed to a person or, or, or you know, someone who, who at first mocked, and then all of a sudden turns around is a, is a completely different person. Take that person under your wing. Because that person, something happened in them. When they asked the question, there, there was something, there was a denial at first. And then all of a sudden, there was no denial. It is by God's spirit. And again, in closing, I said, I'm closing for sure this time. <laughs> the truth about God, God expects us to heed and obey his word. If we plan on going to heaven, it begins with us listening because we know that the word, it comes by faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We know the Bible teaches about right and wrong. And we have heard these things. The right and wrong. I was talking to my wife about the parable. A parable, the one um, about where Jesus talked to Nicodemus. Nicodemus didn't understand what the scriptures were. And I didn't make note of them. I wish I had. But that's okay. It's in chapter 3, if you want to go look that up. And it talks about where Nicodemus is saying, well, I don't understand these things. And the reason he couldn't understand them is because Jesus said, what is born of flesh is born of flesh, but what is born of spirit is born of spirit. So he says, how can I talk to you about the things of this world if you don't even understand them? How can, I'm sorry, how can I talk to you about spiritual things if you don't understand the things of the, this world? Jesus was trying to proclaim there's something that you have to do. You have to be born of the water and of the Spirit. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. You've got to be born of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. And then you will understand the Scriptures. And then you will take joy in the, in the ways of the Lord. And then you will understand the commandments. And then you will say, God is my Redeemer. He has saved me. He is my God, my Deliverer. Oh, I will lean against the Lord. I will praise Him all the days of my life. Let everything that hath breath Praise the Lord. This is what happens to someone who is converted and all of a sudden says, God is alive. He's real. If you would stand to your feet today and you would worship with us and say, Yo, no, I know God is alive. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.
song to sing unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Would you clap your hands unto God right now? Would you shout with a voice of triumph, with a voice of praise and say, God, you are my Savior. Lord, I will heed Lord, I will turn my eyes unto you, O God, because you are my provider. You are my Savior, Lord. Your word has saved me, O God. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for coming, O God, for dying on the cross for me and for all my brethren, and for my sisters, and for those that are far off, that are not yet come. Praise the Lord. I, praise that, I pray that God has blessed you today, that God has moved in your heart. And let not God's word, not, not, not bring, let it stir your heart. Let it bring conviction to your heart. Let it bring you back alive. I know that there have been times where I, I, I become a little stale. I become a little stale. I'm not going to lie to you. I do. But I got to get back into the word. I got to get back into the spirit. And when I start to feel the spirit of God, I've, I start to rejoice. Tears start coming down my face. There's life that comes from God's word. There's life that comes from, and it will give you life as well. It's not only for me. It's for all those who seek God's face. Praise the Lord. God bless every single one of you here today. Those who are watching also, I hope you received a blessing. Tune in again at 11. We're going to have a prayer meeting, and God is going to move in this house today. Praise the Lord. God bless you all. In Jesus' name, amen.